Welcome to another segment of It's Scary to Remarry. I am your host, Sean Heineman, and I am super excited about today's episode. I have to I have with me today Al Gleason, relationship coach, business coach. I uh, a big uh fan of his work. I've been knowing Al for years, and we're gonna discuss um from a man's perspective about a divorce and how you recover and, and finding love again and doing the internal work on us personally, because I believe this is something that we don't discuss among, among men. Uh, I know my sisters, they got, they have a whole community. They have help. They have their family. Um, for us, it looks kind of different. And I want to uh, tap into this, especially with a guy like Al who has so much wisdom um, in this area and in, in just in life in general, uh al what's going on man how you doing today hey what's up sean man i'm glad to be with you again it has been a while for us and thank you for your kind words i appreciate it uh but yeah i'm i'm excited about this topic i'm passionate about it especially having the experience myself and I, uh with me going through it i can see other guys and how they struggle through it you know maybe the 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 some of the things that they're caught up on or things that they don't realize uh, based on having the experience. So I'm excited to talk about it, man. I think it's something that, that we need to talk more about for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said you're passionate about it because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for passionate people who's serious about this, not just people who's looking for a platform or they just talking, you know, outside of the neck. I, I need somebody who's passionate about this and somebody <laughs> like you, uh, a kind of a guy who has this, uh, wisdom. I want to make sure that we get this out to so many people because a lot of guys, because there's a lot of guys who don't discuss this stuff. Um, right. I know when I was going through my divorce, I really, I, I didn't have anyone to talk to about this as much. So, uh, and then some of the advice I got was kind of, eh. but anyway, um, for uh, the Bravehearts community who might not know about Al Gleason, give us a little more information about yourself and what you do. Yes, yes. So I, my name is Al Gleason. I go by the Curator of Nonsense. And the reason I came up with that name is because in my journey, I've discovered that most of the success principles are, are uh, not easily perceived by the senses, or they're just counted off as something that doesn't make sense. And so my job is to discover those principles and then make nonsense make sense. And so that's essentially what I do, man. And that's where that name came from. Uh, but I am a, a coach, uh, do a lot of work in the uh, executive coaching area, uh, motivational speaking. I'm also an author, as you well know. And so uh, my whole goal is to help people perform uh, at the highest level possible, you know, for themselves uh, to achieve their own personal peak performance whether that is uh, athletically or personally or professionally. The principles are the same. And so I have spent my life essentially collecting and understanding those principles so I can bring them together and just make it, make it simple for people who want to achieve uh, more to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and can you also, because I think your book I think your book can kind of help with this current situation. Can you tell me a little bit about your book? Because I read it some years ago, read it from front to back, man. And 
it was amazing. Uh, helped me out in my personal life and even helped me make some <laughs> decisions. So can you tell me a little bit about the book and, and uh, we'll, we'll see how this plays into what we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. Uh, so I wrote a book called The Other Side of Faith, How to Recognize and Overcome Fear in Your Life. And essentially it is a book about awareness more so than how to, uh, but just it, it equips you to recognize when you are uh, afraid or when fear is in your life and then ways that you can uh, manage it and ultimately overcome it is essentially what it's about. So it is a lot with your perception, um, your actions, you know, your, your motivation for the actions that you take. A lot of times we'll, uh, especially as men, say that we're not afraid, uh, but we'll use excuses like, oh, that's wisdom. You know, wisdom says not to do that. And my first question is, what wisdom are you going by? And usually it's the, you know, Casper's wisdom because you're scared and not, you know, the wisdom that comes from the word or wisdom that comes from success. And so, uh, so that's what the book is about. It is available on Amazon, since we're talking about it, uh, the other side of faith. But yeah, uh, so that's basically what the book is about. And it definitely is a big part of, uh, or a big hurdle, I will say, for people to overcome when it comes to remarrying, especially being a man, because the things that we're afraid of, uh, somehow it is considered uh, not manly or you're less than as a man if you have fears, uh, or especially if you talk about them. You know, people know we have fears, we all know it, but if you, uh, if you say something, you know, you're not as much of a man. So, but that's what we deal with in the book. Mm, that's good, that's good, because I know I have some fears and going through my divorce process. Uh, and I wanna ask you about maybe what were some fears that you faced? Cause I know for me, my biggest fear was even though I knew my marriage was over years before it actually ended, unfortunately, yeah. I was fearful of judgment from the church. Yeah. I was fearful that God wouldn't bless me on the other end, that if I ended this, will God be finished with me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, will, will it be, uh, you know, hell and high water to pay because I went through a divorce and also just the fear of, from what I was already doing, like at the time, you know, at, I was rebranded. I was doing another, you know, podcast at the time. And I was thinking, man, here it is. My marriage is falling apart and I I'm, I'm doing this show every week. Right. You know? So I think my fear was also not also putting everything into practice that I taught. Yes. You know, and that doubt came with some fear within itself, not so much of being a hypocrite, but actually opening the door to my own heart because I had personal issues that I haven't addressed. I was fearful of that. Right. Yeah. So um, can you give me some of your fears and in, in, uh, going through your divorce process as a man? Absolutely. So and I think those are great points that you made, especially if you are in the church or came up in the church. There is this this expectation I would say oftentimes it's unrealistic uh, just from the, just from the standpoint of, you know, we're taught to keep this high standard, which, which we are capable of keeping. Okay. Let me say that it's not, it's not unattainable, but we really aren't giving and given an outlet where we can discuss it. If we're having challenges with it, if you aren't living, you know, to perfection, where can you go to talk about it, especially as a man? And so, um, so that's definitely a very real thing. I dealt with that myself. One of the other big things for me was just uh, being a failure. I've been successful at almost everything that I've 
my hands have touched. You know, I was successful in athletics. You know, I've been successful in business and in my career. And I picked this woman to marry and now I'm failing at this. And so I didn't want to concede to a failure, even though there was a lot of things going on that was not right. And uh, so one of the other things um, I think along with that, that I dealt with was just, uh, as you mentioned, uh, dealing with God, you know, how do you, how do you reconcile that? You know, um, is it an issue of faith, not having enough faith, or, you know, you know, all those types of things, you know, you deal with that condemnation. Cause if, cause there are some people that will tell you, if you really have faith, uh, then, you know, faith enough, the Lord can do it. Well, the Lord can do it. But one of the things that God showed me is that we cannot violate and God will not violate anybody else's will. He gave us all free will. So you can hope and pray and want to do something yourself, but if you don't have a partner that's in agreement with you, you can't do it. It's impossible for you to do it, you know, and if they aren't open for God to touch and change their life, then it's not going to be done. God will not violate their free will. And so there's a lot of things like that, that aren't talked about enough, I believe. Uh, but I think men need to know and people need to know as you're going through that situation, you know, do the best that you can be a person of integrity, mm -hmm. but it takes two to tango. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and God is not going to, God is not going to be accountable for any of our mess. He's not going to violate anybody's free will. And really the result of the marriage and whether successful or not comes down to the two people that are in that covenant partnership. And if, you know, if two don't agree, how can they walk together? God never called us to submit to abuse, whether that's verbal, or physical, or mental. And if you, as a man, you know, we typically don't say, oh, we're being abused. But if you're with somebody who, who's not talking to you right, who's not supportive, you know, and, and, and other things, um, that's not God's heart for you. You're not supposed to submit to that and just hang in there and just take anything, you know, be a doormat or whatever the case may be. So, uh, but I would say those are the main things for me is just, you know, dealing with God, the judgment, and then mainly just being a failure myself, you know, the, the condemnation that I put myself under if I would, would not stay married. Mm, that's good, man. I appreciate the transparency because this, this is what it's all about, about transparency and helping men heal and how we can get through this process. Because I know a lot of times um, the ladies, like I said in the intro, they have this support system, but we don't. And this is why I, I, I love this platform that we have. And I appreciate that transparency. How can, from a man's perspective, how does it look like going from divorce to getting out into the, the dating world? Because that's one of the reasons I named the show It's Scary to Be Married, because you're going, you're coming out of a divorce, you're getting right back into this dating field. Well, not right back, because I kind of want to talk about that as well. What was your recovery process? You know what? Let's put a pin there. What was your recovery process like before you got into dating? Let's let's discuss Al Gleason uh, post-divorce. Right. So the first thing for me, because I've been on this personal development track for, you know, for many years. Hadn't dealt with a divorce before, but I knew that it was important for me to for me to develop, for me to learn out of the process. So my mindset initially was to take a moment, make sure I got over everything that was, was happening. You know, just the shock of having that failed marriage, you know, having the disconnect, you know, your, your lives are intertwined and now you got to separate pieces and uh, still be a person of integrity, uh, whether you're, that other party is or isn't. 
And so, you know, those types of things I knew I had to try to work through, uh, even figuring out with my kids, you know, I didn't want to get them caught up in the, in the mix or leave them behind uh, because I was focused on moving on with somebody else and, you know, not taking care of them. So that was my initial mindset. Uh, but then the, the thing that I realized is, especially looking back, I can say it this way, you need to be selfish. You need to take time for yourself so that you can heal, so that you can evaluate what you did and learn from it, and then be a better person uh, moving on uh, if that's into another relationship or just, just in your singleness, you know, not walking around as a you know, bleeding heart and a victim and things like that. Uh, so that was my, my initial mindset was to take some time. But as I started taking time, um, I realized that I needed to grow and develop and heal. And so I think that's something that's key. Um, I really believe, especially now more than ever, you don't need to be in a relationship until you don't need to be in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, because um, I, I know for me, I've taken some time to uh, work on myself, especially during the separation. I think for me, the separation was the longer process than the actual finishing of the paperwork of the divorce, you know, like right. I'm waiting. But I, I took some time for myself, right, to to work on Sean and to, you know, all I did was, was work and work on my craft, you know, work on becoming a better me and, and even, even just with the whole podcasting thing, right? But yeah. I realized that, that I got to know me and where I went wrong. Right. Um, and I, I think that's where we go wrong a lot of times. Because what's that old thing that people say? Um, the quickest way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else or something like that. Yes, something like that. Yeah. Bad advice, right? Because it, it, you, you can have a painting of Picasso, but if there's a hole in the picture, I mean, a hole in the wall behind the picture, it's still a hole in the freaking wall behind the picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So, um, and I wanted to talk about that because I figured that we got to talk about the process of recovery because a lot of times, and we live in this social media world. I think we addressed the other day about women are so accessible, people, men and women with social media because going through a divorce from the time that I got married to the time I divorced, the dating scene had totally changed. And I was like, man, you know, some people, well, everybody's just a swipe away, right? <laughs> right. Literally. Uh, even if you're not on a dating app, you're still on Instagram, you're still on Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter, all the different platforms. So it is very easy to get access to just about whoever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and that has to be uh, tough within itself because I know I met my, my wife on Instagram. I slid in the DMs. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and, and personally. <laughs> yeah, right. So um how uh tell me, can you tell me how did you meet your wife and uh tell me something that you really love about her? What has stood out about her that really said that may Al say I want to marry her? Right. Well let me let me go back just a little bit before I get into that. Uh, you mentioned taking time uh, for yourself. And one of the big things, I think, and why it's so important, uh, or you, you mentioned knowing, getting to know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that part is very important. And if you knew yourself before your marriage, uh, you're not necessarily the same person. You know, I'll be willing to bet a lot of money that you're not the same person 
uh, if nothing else, because you're going through the divorce, right? So you that. take that time, understand who you are and where you're trying to go. Uh, I heard a story, you know, if you think about uh, a big ocean liner, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know, it is, it's big, it's beautiful, uh, it's capable, it has fuel to travel all around the world, right? Uh, but if the captain does not set a destination, that ship will never get to where it's trying to go. As a matter of fact, with all its capabilities, it'll probably end up shipwrecked somewhere because it doesn't have a destination. And so when you think about your relationships, uh, it's the same way. You know, if you don't know who you are and where you're trying to go, uh, the same thing will happen. You'll crash. You know, you can't just you can't just get on the boat and, you know, full throttle ahead without knowing where you want to go. So I think it's important. You know, that process is, is very important uh, to do. Uh, but in terms of my wife, I actually met her at work. And, you know, you mentioned the dating scene changing. Mm. I, I'm still not a big fan of the electronic access thing. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, manhood. I am an old school, you know, chivalrous type of guy. I believe there's something to, uh, you know, the hunt physically. Uh, so going out there, uh, being brave enough to talk to somebody in person, even though you could get rejected, you know, versus just a, you know, non-response to a, a, a electronic message, you know. Ghosting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, so I did meet her at work. And one of the beautiful things for me was that I met her and I got a chance to see her function, you know, at work without any pressure of me dating. You know, she didn't have to, she didn't have to put on a show, uh, you know, to try to get me or something like that, because I, I actually was watching her before she even uh, knew it, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, so when I approached her, I had a good idea of, you know, of a lot of things, right? Being able to see her in the work environment and, uh, and so we actually, I was big on working out, still am. Uh, and so uh, we, we met at the gym, uh, you know, we started meeting at the gym. And so we just had a chance to build a, a friendship uh, and a relationship that way before we actually uh, started dating. And then, um, but through that process, I got a chance to see her heart. You know, she's, she's a beautiful woman, uh, but she's even more beautiful on the inside. And so um, in my, my, my previous life, you know, I've experienced, you know, having the, the very attractive women and, you know, there, that's some, some, uh, you know, old school manhood stuff attached to that, right? Trying to have the finest woman in the room. Uh, but the reality is if there is no substance and character behind that, then that relationship is doomed too, you know? So I didn't want just that. Obviously there has to be some attraction there. That's important because you don't be, be with somebody and you're constantly looking over there because you don't like to look at what you got. Mm. Um, so there needs to be some attraction there. But that that's like an initial, you know, checklist type thing. Uh, you really need to look past that and uh, look for other things of substance. You know, know who you are and where you're trying to go and find you a partner that's, uh, that's on the same page or willing to get on the same page with you. Mm -hmm. how, how important is a friendship and marriage? Um, because I realized that's one thing I didn't have in my last marriage. I didn't have a friendship. I had, uh, a, a marriage, but I didn't have a friendship. Yeah. Um, how important is that? How, how closely are connected you and your wife as far as friendship? What does that look like in your relationship? Yeah, I think it's critical. I think it's critical. You know, it's, it's foundational 
to a successful romantic relationship. Um, you know, there you have a love at first sight type situation and you make decisions based on this imaginary, uh, you know, avatar of the person that you're attracted to without knowing who they really are because you don't have any type of friendship or relationship. And so maybe that, you know, it's easy to get together physically, mm -hmm. uh, but then when that avatar is destroyed by the reality of who they are, uh, then your relationship is going to be destroyed, essentially. You know, after you're committed and, and, you know, there's a level of disappointment that comes when that person is not who you thought they were and you're already in a relationship, you know, what do you do? And how do you shift gears? You know, I, I thought this guy was, you know, Superman and he's actually Dogman or whatever. You know, how do I how do I reconcile that? You know, how do I get over that disappointment? And so I think that's why a lot of marriages fail when they don't have that foundation of a friendship uh, first. You know, the, the, the romantic part, you know, especially the physical part, that's easy. You know, people can get together and, and uh, you know, physically you take off your clothes and boy, that's, you know, that's done. Like, that's not a big deal. Right. Uh, but to be with somebody long-term, you know, to be able to communicate with them, to want to be around them, you need to have somebody that you can be friends with first. And, if you can't get along in the, you know, the kitchen and the, the, the family room and the living room, it, most of the time in a marriage, ain't nothing going down in the bedroom. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like you said, the physical piece is easy. And I think that's where a lot of relationships start. They start with the sex and then work their way down, which I believe is totally backwards, right? Backwards, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're looking for a relationship, if you're out there doing you, that's what you do. But if you're right. looking for somebody of value and of substance, then um, you got to have that friendship piece and knowing them uh, inside. Because I know for um, my wife and I, one thing I really loved about her, because we're 12 years apart. Mm -hmm. So we got a nice little age gap, but she grew up in the old school home. Mm -hmm. So our dynamic is somewhat kind of similar. Uh, it's just that she's younger than me. But we we relate on so many different levels. And then on top of that, I respect her viewpoint of life. And that's something I needed to learn. Right. I needed to respect where she was coming from. Because a lot of times we want people that's just going to always agree with everything we say and do to try to make life easy for us. Right. But when we learn how to respect other people's opinion and, and uh, where they come from. Because I think one of the biggest issues with marriage is we're trying to blend two uh lifestyles yeah um, you know 30 something years of growing in the household in this household you grew up 30 something years in this household two totally different lifestyles and you're trying to bring two lives together um y'all both grew up in different households your experiences were different now you're trying to make this one um and that's why i think that whole friendship thing is is important so y'all can have some good in-depth conversations because i'm a, i'm i love deep conversations uh, I'm all about that. That always. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's critical. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, that point you mentioned right there. Um, you know, it's so much with that, you know, the, the mindset, the, you know, the heart, uh, the work ethic, uh, how relationships are supposed to work. You know, all that stuff is baked into the 30 years of, you know, experience or whatever. And if that's not in line, if you all are not in agreement, you got a long, difficult road ahead of you. And so you need to know that ahead of time before you get into a committed situation. 
uh, that you, you know, and try to figure it out after the fact. You know, that is that is the hard way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about um, real quick because we're running out of time. Um, discuss children. What about guys who say they want to remarry? Now, first of all, let me just say this. I, I don't I don't get it. I just have to say this. I don't understand how is it that people who have children want somebody that don't have children. I'm like, you have them. How can... <laughs> I don't want nobody with kids, but you got three of them. Right. Um, like a double standard, right? Yeah, right. That, that was just rabbit trails. But um, what is the mindset going into a marriage with a blended family? Because most of us have kids, especially if you're from a previous marriage. What was Al's mindset going into a, a new marriage with uh, having a blended family? How does, what was you thinking? How does that process work for you? My, my mindset was I could not have the woman and not have her children, you know, to, to sum it all up. Mm-hmm. So it was important for me that she was a quality woman that I could get along with. Um, because if I, if I marry her, I mean, that's first and foremost, uh, I have to have that because I'm already prepared to take on everything that comes with her. I can't have her without everything that's connected to her. And really, you talk about uh, blended families is not just the children; it's the parents and mm. you know siblings and all that kind of stuff. You you ultimately have to deal with them at some point in some way. And so, um, so that was my mindset. You know, if she's good, then I'm willing to take on. I'm taking on all of this, so I need to make sure that she's good. Mm. And you know, if you if if a, a a woman or you know a man comes into a relationship they have kids that's their flesh and blood so how can you say you love me but you don't love you know these little versions of me mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work well and you know my experience has been the people who don't have that mindset men who don't have that mindset um you know the 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 kids can be an issue that can tear an otherwise uh, potentially great relationship apart uh, so that has to be your mindset. Uh, but I feel like on the other side of that, you know, whoever you're partnering with, you have to be willing to let that person in. You know, you can't be like, these are my kids uh, and, you know, create that division because, you know, that's that's the other side of the problem, you know. Uh, and I feel like a lot of a lot of people are afraid talking about fear. They're afraid to open up and trust somebody uh, to parent and help them take care of their children. And, you know, some people do it, but if you want to, you want the most successful situation, you need to be in agreement with that and don't create, uh, you know, additional divisions. Uh, it's enough to overcome as it is without you saying, you know, these are my kids and don't talk to my kids that way and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the kids play off of that and wreak havoc in your, your relationship and in your family. Mm, that's yeah. so be willing to take it on, take it on. But that's why you got to know who you're getting with, right? It's got to be worth it. Cause it's a lot to take on, you know? And, and, and let me say too, you know, if you are a person who wants to get with somebody who doesn't want, who doesn't have kids and maybe they don't want kids, you know, then that's great. Uh, we talked about captaining that ship. You need to know who you are and what you want and where you're going, because there are some situations that work fine with that. You know, some people don't want, I don't want kids or I get to have a ready-made family. I just got to step in and do you know, that's all they want. So if that's what you want, that's fine. You know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, look down your nose and frown upon somebody who has kids and you have kids because that's not what you want. 
But if you do want that, you need to know that, uh, communicate that up front, you know, don't get in a relationship and, uh, you know, then spring on that person uh, that you do want kids or that you don't, you know, those types of things. Mm. Yeah, that's good because um, that can be an issue. I think that's something that people don't discuss because you can get in a relationship with somebody and they have kids, but you don't have this in-depth conversation about disciplinary actions. You know, how are you a disciplinarian? Are you the type that just kind of um, pacify your kids because that can cause issues too especially with the blended family like you say don't talk to my kids like that or that's why whoever you get with you got to have these conversations because I don't care how fine she is I don't care how snatched her waist is all that stuff gonna get old when you <laughs> realize that y'all don't have the same kind of parenting style or y'all can't come together in an agreement and you have to love like you said the they're the little versions you gotta love them too because that's their flesh and blood Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the person and don't think about everything that come with them. And I love the fact that you talk about uh, not only you marrying their kids, but you marrying their family. Um, how does the in-law dynamic work for, for you and your family? Because I think that's something that we don't discuss as well going into a, a, a marriage or a second marriage. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I have a good relationship uh, with, with her parents. Um, she has a great relationship with mine. And I think the, for me, it was important to um, establish with her first that her and I are the priority. So the whole world needs to know, uh, especially our family, that it is me and you now. I'm your husband. You're my wife. Mama, you don't have the same authority that maybe you did when I was single. And daddy, I understand this is your daughter. Uh, but the scripture says, leave and cleave. And I have given my life, I've committed my life to this woman, you know, and she is my wife first. Mm -hmm. And then all the other relationships come after that. And I think when, when you have that type of foundation, when you're dealing with the in-laws, uh, it really sets the tone moving forward because the little things that maybe they used to do or might try to get away with, or, you know, feelings of ownership, things like that you know, you address that up front so you don't have those problems uh, later on, you know. Uh, don't talk to me about a secret that you want to tell me, but you don't want my wife to know. Uh, no, you better you better keep it to yourself. You know, I'm not going to allow you to, to create that type of uh, separation and division uh, between us. You know, we, we are one now. Our relationship is priority uh, over everyone else's. And, and the same with the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, yes, we love you. Uh, it's a different type of love, though, and the marriage relationship is the most important one. We don't have a family without this marriage relationship. Your relationships come, your relationship comes after, you know, mommy still loves you, daddy still loves you, we're going to still take care of you and all of that kind of stuff, but you need to know this is my wife, this is my husband, you know, they come first. Mm -hmm. And if you put the kids first, something that people don't, I think they forget about, you put the kids first, uh, what happens when they leave? Because they will leave. They will leave. They're going to grow up and leave. And you, as a, as a spouse, have been with this person, and they put their kids first for years. How does that make you feel? You know, and people don't really think about that. So at some point, they grow up and leave. The kids are priority. They're gone now. And husband and wife don't even know how to talk to each other. You know, you hear stuff like, oh, you know, they, they changed or, you know, we grew apart. Well, that's because your priority was in the wrong place. 
You know, so I think it's the biggest mistake to put kids or anybody else in the family first uh, because it's, it'll end in disaster too. I think that's why people are married, you know, until the kids get out the household and then they get a divorce, you know, and don't know what happened. I used to love them. I don't know. Well, you poured into the kids, you know, you made them a priority and not your marriage, not your husband and your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad because, th- yeah, these are all topics within themselves like we could talk about these segments for hours because there's so much and now that we're talking about this there's so much that we really don't discuss when we go into a relationship or a marriage we talk about from blended families to kids to in-laws um all these different things and and because if one of them is is failing it just seems like it consumes the whole marriage if one of these areas are um, out of tech. But one reason I love my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law is she she just let us be, you know, and I love that. You know, she just let us be who we are. She's she got her own life. Right. And she's always there for us or whatever. But for the most part, she's like, I'm living my life, man. Yeah, and that helps man. Yeah. That makes life so much easier. Can we talk about um can we talk about the 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 previous uh, the the child's father or the child's mother. I don't I don't want to use the term baby daddy, baby mama. I guess that's kind of you know. But anyway, can we kind of talk about that? Where how important is that? That is, do you need to get along with the ex's child's mother or father? Do you need to get along with them or, um, like what what advice would you give? Do you do they need to get along or do you need to get along with them or no? Well, I'll say to a certain extent, mm. uh, you have a mutual interest, shared interest in the kids, right? Uh, so at least theoretically, the kids should come first. Mm. And so as a, as a result of that, I do have to get along with, you know, their father or their mother uh, out of respect, uh, out of honoring them, uh, out of trying to put the kids in the best position to be successful. So I think the kids have to be a priority in that situation, not when it comes to to husband and wife, right? They're after that. But when it comes to the kids' best interest, they need to be a priority over uh, your feelings about, you know, their mom, the kid's mom or the kid's dad. Uh, Because that, if you you don't do that, then you can get into the back and forth and, you know, the you know, the pissing contest for the men, you know, who's a better, you know, man and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the kids get lost in that situation. They end up getting hurt. It is impossible for you to disrespect that other person or do something negative to that other person without it impacting the kids. And it might not be directly and you might not realize how you're doing it, but ultimately it's going to come back and hurt the kids. So I think it's important that you put the kids first in that situation and do what's in their best interest. And uh, a part of that is getting along with that, with that other person, you know, that other, uh, that other parent mm-hmm. on some level. You don't have to be buddy-buddy. I'm not saying you gotta invite them over for dinner and those types of things, uh, but be a person of integrity, do what you say you're gonna do, uh, put the kids first, you know, that type of thing. And unfortunately, it, uh, people get caught up in their emotions and they rather fight with that other spouse or the you know, previous spouse or whatever. And uh, the kids end up getting hurt and lost as a result. I'm glad that, yeah, because it's easy to, like you say, about 
you have to detach your feelings from the way you felt about that person or whatever they've done to you and deal with with what's best in the child's interest. Right. That's Aside right. From your feelings, because it's easy to get caught up in your feelings. And now all of a sudden there's a personal vendetta. And at the end of the day, the child is hurt. Right. Absolutely. Um, the children get hurt every time. Every time. They always get hit with the shrapnels of war. Right. They always get hit with the shrapnels of metal. Um, unfortunately, man, this has been a great show out. Um, let the Brave Hearts community know how they can get in touch with you. Give us your social media um, contact information for people who want to get in touch with you because you have so much to offer with your content. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and LinkedIn on the Curator of Nonsense. Uh, so Al Gleason, uh, Curator of Nonsense on all, of, all the social media platforms. Um, you can also go to my website, uh, which is curatorofnonsense.com, and uh, so you can get access to me there as well. Uh, and then also YouTube. I didn't mention that. So uh, find other videos there uh, as well. And something I do want us to get together and talk about uh, is, the, is the unconditional love. I know we talked offline a little bit about it, uh, but that's something I definitely want to share. Uh, I do have some videos on it, but I love to uh, love to get into that on on your show as well at some point. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a good one because I've seen a post about that on social media today. That's a whole uh, yeah. We have to come back and do a whole show on that alone. Right, right. Um, thanks, Al, so much for your time. I know you're a busy man. You have a lot going on, and uh, I want you to get back into enjoying your family and all that other good stuff. Um, Brave Arts community, make sure that you share this video with a friend, someone who might maybe they're about to get married maybe they're going through a divorce who knows what kind of stage of life that they're in but make sure that you get this video to them especially another man because sometimes we just don't have people who we can talk to and maybe this video can help um, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and i appreciate everyone for watching this video i am sean heineman with special guest al gleason and i'll talk to you soon people take care thank you